0: Well, man, it's, uh, it's so great to, to be able to be with y'all today and uh, having the Lake Point family gathered all over the place in different places is a great reminder that the church is not something we come to, it's something we are. Uh, and if you're hanging with us for the first time today, man, I just pray that this would be a time of hope for you, a time of uh, light uh, for you and your life, so grateful that you that you joined us today. And and when I'm just throwing out the gratitude here, I got to say I'm just so grateful for the way that so many of y'all are serving and giving and bringing food and supplies, just living beyond yourself. Some of you are like checking on neighbors. Some of you are on the front lines uh, doing a first responder stuff or, or you're, you're doing healthcare. Uh, man, we just pray for you every day. Many of you are teaching kids at home. Uh, you're... Uh, <laughs> checking on elderly neighbors and you're, you're driving delivery trucks and stocking shelves and cooking food and just really grateful. Grateful for those who are making bold and compassionate leadership decisions as well. Uh, even grateful for those who are making us laugh and keeping it light on social media. Uh, grateful for those who are sharing toilet paper. Please share your toilet paper. Don't, don't hoard that stuff. So gr- grateful for, uh, for all the ones here uh, at Lake Point that are much smarter than me, could figure out the technology yes. so that we can do this uh, uh, together. So, you know, it seems like uh, in, in our house, at least we've had the TV on uh, more, more than normal. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of updates, a lot of news, and most of it's not really good. And although I want to be informed, I just can't do a steady stream. Of that all day. So the other day, I, I flipped over to watch one of those home improvement shows. And during a commercial for the, in the show, there was this prescription drug that was being promoted, like they do in all, you know, all commercials. And I noticed that the fast talking disclaimer was so unusually long that I had to look it up. So I got on its website. I'm not going to tell you what the drug, drug, prescription drug is, uh, it's going to re- remain nameless. But I, 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 uh, I looked on the website. This is an edited version. The real version is much longer than what I'm going to share with you. and It said this, if you, your family, or caregiver notice agitation, hostility, depression, or changes in behavior, thinking, or mood that are not typical for you, or if you develop suicidal thoughts or actions, anxiety, panic, aggression, (laughs) anger, mania, (laughs) abnormal sensations, hallucinations, paranoia, or confusion, stop taking blank and call your doctor right away. Also tell your doctor about any history of depression or other mental health problems before taking blank, as these symptoms may worsen while taking blank. Some people can have serious skin reactions while taking blank, some of which can become life-threatening. These can include rash, swelling... Redness, peeling of the skin. Some people can have allergic reactions to blank, some of which can become life threatening and include swelling of the face, mouth, and throat that can cause trouble breathing. If you have these symptoms or have a rash with peeling skin or blisters in your mouth, stop taking blank and get medical attention right away. In clinical trials, the most common side effects of blank include nausea, sleep problems, constipation, gas, and vomiting. These are not all the side effects of blank. Ask your doctor or pharmacist for more information. I'm going, dang, can I get a prescription for fear, right? <laughs> you know, I was thinking how, how fear, uh, and Josh has talked about this, uh, how fear, fear is just like a bully. Is it, I remember the bully in the junior high hallway. Y'all remember that guy that, guy that made you reconsider what hallway you're going to walk down? Uh, fear, it just steals your dreams. It dampens your passion. It uh, sucks the joy out of anybody's life, the contentment out of anybody's life. And fear, fear is just a punk. But, but here, here's the deal. Fear never wrote a symphony, and fear never cured a disease, and fear never won a championship and never pulled a family out of poverty, never pulled a country out of bigotry. Courage did that. Faith did that. So let me, let me just ask you guys, what if faith, not fear, was your reaction to whatever, whatever you're facing these days? I mean, what, what if we all could just choose to unconditionally trust God, no matter what happens? to us in this life, no matter how daunting the headlines are, no matter how tough the economy gets, no matter what kind of storms blow into our lives or into the life of this church, our response to fear will always be faith. We will just unconditionally trust God. I have this written in the margin of my Bible. To trust is to be absolutely convinced of the reliability of God. To trust is to be absolutely convinced of the reliability of God. You know, Jesus told his disciples one time, and he told us, he said, don't don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. You see, trust was not some, some concept way out on the fringes of Jesus' teaching. It was at the heart of everything that he taught. And I'm sure you've probably heard this over the last several weeks, but out of all the commands that Jesus gives in the Gospels, which one do you think is the most oft-repeated, 21 times, three times more than any other command that Jesus gives? It's do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't panic. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Which tells me that he knows and he cares about our fears. And it tells me he's always calling us to trust in him. to trust, is to be absolutely convinced of the reliability of God. You see, gang, hysteria doesn't come from God. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear may fill up our world, but it doesn't have to fill up our hearts. It'll always knock on the door. You just don't invite it in for supper. And you never, ever let it have a sleepover, ever. Now, I know that it uh, pales in comparison to what's happening in our world right now. Uh, but I was really bummed about March Madness being canceled. Yeah. Now, it definitely, it should have been canceled. Don't get me wrong. But as a basketball junkie, I just miss it. Yeah. And I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan. And uh, I grew up there where there's like a hoop on every barn, every garage. And I dreamt, dreamt of playing for the University of Kentucky someday, and then going on to start them in the NBA. And actually, I went on to Modest success at the YMCA, uh, but, uh, but I, I, watch, uh, I watch almost every UK game they play, and I get super nervous when it's getting ready to come on. I mean, I, I'm on the, I start on the couch, then I'm on the floor, then I'm in a chair, then I'm on the floor, then I'm back on the couch. I'm jumping up and down, I'm throwing pillows at the television set, I'm s- screaming at the referees, except when I record the game and somebody tells me the final score ahead of time, Such a difference. I'm not just kicked back in the recliner, got my popcorn sitting there, got my Diet Coke sitting there. I got no nervous system whatsoever. It's so much easier when you already know who wins, right? And that's one of the great things about the Bible. We already know who wins. Therefore, we can just have this calm in our spirit and we can live with courage and compassion, serving other people, living beyond ourselves, and sharing the good news. And one of those we've already know the final score books of the Bible is called the book of Revelation. Now, there's all kinds of imagery about the final days in the book of Revelation, the demise of the dominion of evil, which will be awesome, the triumph of the kingdom of God, which will be even more awesome. There are incredible pictures of a pain-free, no tears, no strife, no disease, no violence, no heartbreak, no death type of perfect and permanent place. And it was not written as a see-if-you-can-figure-this-puzzle-out kind of read. It was written primarily to encourage Jesus followers who were being severely persecuted for their faith. It was to let them know the final score ahead of time so that they could live with peace and courage. Now, in the first few chapters of Revelation are these letters to a handful of churches, uh, they are dictated by Jesus himself. And most of them are kind of a wake-up call to these churches who had become complacent or apathetic or self-absorbed, some compromising their values and their, and their morals. But one is a super hope-filled letter to a church in a place called Philadelphia. Now, when I say Philadelphia, I'm not talking about the place where the Eagles play or the 76ers <laughs> or this, this is not the place of the Liberty Bell or where, you know, Rocky sprinting up the steps. This was a city in Asia Minor. Now, the name Philadelphia meant the same thing, the city of brotherly love, right? The thing is, it wasn't always named that. It was just the latest name it had when Jesus wrote this letter. It had several name changes throughout its history. You know, there's something in a name, right? Yeah. It gives you a sense of identity, a sense of that's, that's who I am. I mean, how many of y'all, when, you, when you're like in grade school, first day of school, you couldn't wait, for the teacher to call your name yeah. on that roll. You're going, here, here, that's me, that's me, that's me. Now, for me, my, uh, everybody calls me Mike, uh, but my parents, my first name is Jerry. So, Michael is actually my middle name, and my last name is pronounced bro, but it's spelled B-R-E-A-U-X. So, every day on the first day of school, for 18 years of school, it was uh, Jerry Briox. <laughs> And i go, Mike, bro. they go, no, wait your turn. We're looking for Jerry Briox, you know? So, man, I, I, there was times I dreamt about changing my name. Uh, you know, there's some celebrities that do that. Let me just throw out some real quick, real quick little game here. See if you can identify who these people are. Their name changes. Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Cassius Clay. Muhammad Ali. Karen Johnson. Anybody know Karen Johnson? Whoopi Goldberg. Terry Bolia. Hulk Hogan. What about this one? (laughs) Chancellor Bennett. Chancellor Rapper, Rapper. yeah. (laughs) Reginald Dwight. Elton John. Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanata. Lady Gaga. See why she changed her name? And some people are only known by one name. You got like Sting and Bono and Beyonce and LeBron and Oprah and Pink and Tiger and Kobe and Josh. Um, (laughs) Some... Some are known as the something, right? Like uh, The Rock, his real name is Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, right? This is a tough one. The Duke. John Wayne, Wayne, you got it. The Doctor. Julius Irving. The King. I was thinking Jesus. So Elvis, come on. I'm I'm just playing with you, just playing with you. Well, Jesus, the King writes to this church in a city that was in a bit of an identity crisis. It had been named and renamed many times. It sat on this geological fault line, and earthquakes and volcanic activity bred this constant fear of forced evacuations and unexpected death and disease and devastation. They were constantly rebuilding. And every time there was a restart, it was renamed. So people would ask, where are you from? They go, "Uh, what are we calling it now? It was kind of like that. To these Jesus followers... Living in a city with an ever-changing identity, living with the anxiety of ever-shifting earth, living with the everyday reality of unrelenting persecution for simply trusting him with their lives, Jesus writes these incredibly meaningful words, Revelation chapter three, verse 12. And I will write on them the name of my God. And they will be citizens in the city of my God the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. Isn't that good? He's assuring them, hang in there because one day soon I will change your name to an unchanging name, one that has and will stand forever. You will be a citizen of an eternal city that has no hint of evil or fear, a place that cannot be shaken. You'll never have to move again. You'll never have to hide, evacuate, leave, board up, pack up, quarantine, shelter in place, or rebuild ever again. I'm gonna make sure it happens, he says. Look how he starts this letter, verse seven. To the angel or messenger of the church in Philadelphia right." These are the words of him who is holy and true. He's saying, that's my name. I'm the transcendent one, the unchanging one, the eternal one, the faithful one. I see all things, know all things, so you can trust me. I hold the key of David. This was a prophecy in the book of Isaiah about the coming Messiah. And he says, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. So here's Jesus saying to these folks, listen, trust me. I really am in control. I hold the keys to life and death. I hold the keys to the kingdom of God, which has come to reign in any willing heart. I open doors of my own discretion. I close them as well. No one can lock down what I've opened, and no one can pry open what I've closed. I hold the keys. I'm in control. That's who I am. To trust is to be absolutely convinced of the reliability of that God. And then he says this to this church living in uncertain times. Verse 8. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Here's Jesus saying to these these, these folks, listen, what you lack in strength, you make up for in unconditional trust. Because I know how faithful you are. I've seen it. I know how resilient you are. I see your courage. I recognize humility when I see it. I know that you might not be the biggest, strongest, richest church on the planet, but I'm going to use you in incredibly powerful ways because of the way you depend upon me. Remember that when you're weak man, I'm strong and my strength will be exhibited through your life, through your church, see, I have opened a huge door of opportunity in front of you. Just keep trusting me and courageously walk through it. You know, one of the coolest parts of what I get to do with my life uh, is I get to see how God moves in all kinds of different churches. Uh, Last year, I preached in churches meeting on huge campuses and those meeting in old theaters and school cafeterias. I have taught people huddled uh, in front of mud, concrete huts and barrios and prisons and hospitals and nursing homes and gyms and now living rooms and kitchen tables. And I've discovered there's one common thread. It's always the God of unfailing love longing to touch the lives of people. Always. And one of the things I love so much about so many churches having to adjust now to meeting online and getting creative with how we do ministry is that it brings us all back to that unchanging reality. It's always been about the God of unfailing love longing to connect with the heart's Of people, It's about his power. It's about his wisdom, his hope, his promises, his pursuit of everybody on this planet. And he's the one who says to you and me, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let fear rule your life. Trust me, throw a serving towel over your arm, get on your knees and depend deeply upon the Holy Spirit to supernaturally empower your life and your ministry. See the open door I've placed before you. Walk through it with courage. Bring hope. Bring joy. Bring peace. Bring hope. Bring love. Be the light of the world. We have an opportunity to do that. The door is open. My my daughter Jody, uh, she writes these spoken word pieces. And she's really, really good at it. It just like flows out. She makes them up as she goes. She's always been like a rapper. And she's really good at it. So I sat down a few months ago and tried my hand at it. (laughs) Uh, you're la- you, some of you are laughing because, you know, I'm from Kentucky and stuff, and sometimes country and rap can be Let's crap. So uh, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Yes. But, but I love how the Bible begins when it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So I actually sat down one morning about 3 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep, and this, just, this is what just flowed out of me. The world has grown dark, surrounded by night. And Jesus cries out, let there be light. When kids are abused and women are used, let there be light. When men are judged by their color or the race of their mother, let there be light. When markets crash and hopes are dashed, when dreams are squelched and a friend cries for help, let there be light. When addictions wreak havoc and self-destruction becomes habit, when prodigals are lost and look for a way, when depression comes and clouds the day, let there be light. When children go hungry and corruption robs their dreams because nations oppress and politicians scheme, let there be light. When Satan spins lies and identities are stolen, when you're made to feel useless and shame becomes normal, oh, let there be light. When minds become foggy and confusion takes over, when the truth becomes blurred and love becomes colder, let there be light. You are the light of the world. Shine, guide, warm someone's soul, a reflection of love from the giver of hope with kindness and compassion. Move through your day so others might see that there is a way, a way that brings life and freedom and glory to the only true God who is writing this story, the epic story of love so relentless and fierce that it led to a cross where his hands would be pierced so all could live forgiven and free from the night, so all that might know the source of all light. And this light will never be contained. It cannot be put out, snuffed out, restrained. Though many have tried, his light still remains. May his compassion be caught through us. May his love be brought by us, that this world may spot in us, Jesus, the light of the world. This is our calling, our destiny, our life, to walk through our world saying, let there be light. So Jesus is saying to all of us, see the open door I placed before you? Just trust me. Walk through it. You're the light of the world. Go shine. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to see how Jesus concludes his letter to this church in Philadelphia. Verses 10 through 12 in Revelation 3. He says, because you've obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so no one will take away your crown. Now, again, remember, this was a city that lived under constant threat of volcanic and earthquake activity, constant tremors, rebuilding for decades. And he says this. I love this. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. So personal. He's just saying, listen, nothing, nothing will ever shake you loose from me. You stand firm. You depend upon me. You follow me with an unconditional trust. Walk through the doors that I've opened for you. And when all is said and done, when it all shakes out, you'll be standing strong. And you'll be standing in the eternal city with a new name. So let me just ask you, since you already know the end of the story, the final score, since you're sitting here today with a promise like that, from a totally reliable God. What if you just started trusting him every day with whatever's going on? I mean, really live in my faith instead of fear. You see, it's one thing to believe in God, quite another to believe God. Yes. I read a little book by Brendan Manning a while back called Ruthless Trust, and there's so much good stuff in this little book. I really recommend you to read. It'd be a great read for this time in, in, in our world. But he writes this. He says, the brooding pessimism that the good news of God's love is simply wishful thinking, that weaves a thin membrane of distrust that keeps us in a chronic state of anxiety. The heart converted from mistrust to trust in the irreversible forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that heart is redeemed from the corrosive power of fear. 1 John 4 tells us perfect love, it does what? It casts out fear, it really does. And I'm personally discovering that unconditional trust in the unfailing love of God, it delivers like a knockout blow to my negativity and my cynicism and my skepticism and my unhealthy guilt and shame, uh, negative self-talk, self-hatred, despair, anxiety, fear in my life. And the unconditional trust in the unfailing love of God enables us to even thank him for the storms that sometimes unexpectedly blow into our lives. To actually be able to thank him, it's hard. But to thank him for the loss of income. To thank him for the betrayal of a friend, for unexpected breakups, for the arthritis that eats away at our joints, for the chemo that makes us puke, for the loss of those we love. To pray from our heart, Father, Abba, Daddy. This morning, this afternoon, this evening, I don't get it all. But into your hands, I entrust my body, my mind, my spirit, my pain, my joy, my life. I will trust you. No matter what happens, into your heart, I entrust my heart. As feeble and wounded and uncertain and anxious as it is, I will live in the assurance of your faithfulness to me. I trust you. I was in Walgreens uh, not long ago trying on some new readers because my up-close vision is not as as good as it used to be. And they got this little sign where you like stand 14 inches away and you got to pick out the pair that you know, where you're going to read a line and all that kind of stuff. It's like, better, worse, better, worse, all that. Have you ever seen the Claritin commercials where everything is like, like like really, really foggy and then all of a sudden everything is Claritin clear, right? We have a tendency to tell God, I'll trust you, but things are just a little too foggy right now. I just need a little HD. I need a little clarity. You know what? A while back, I stopped. Uh, praying for clarity and I started praying for trust. Now I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for clarity, but for me at least, just honestly, in craving clarity, I was just trying to eliminate some of the risk involved in trusting God. See, we often assume that clarity will, that when we trust that it'll, it'll make things more clear. It'll lift the fog. It'll sweep away all uncertainty, but that's usually not the case. Our trust in God may never bring final clarity on this side of eternity. It might not dull the pain. It might not change circumstances. But when all else is unclear, the heart of trust says like Jesus said from the cross, this much is clear. I trust you, Father. And into your hands I commit my spirit. My wife, Debbie, um, went through 36 hours of labor to bring our first child, Jody, into the world. And uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough. I was so exhausted. Uh, just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, but back in the day, you had these things called Lamaze classes. Anybody remember Lamaze classes where you, you brought your pillows with you to the class and you practiced these breathing techniques? And we used every technique we had learned in the first 12 hours. And we still had like 24 more to go. And I don't remember a whole lot of details about those moments, but I do remember that we chose a picture of Jesus as her focal point. We set it on top of dresser there in, in, the, in the labor and delivery room. And I would just hold her hand and go, come on, it's going to get better. Just focus and breathe, focus and breathe, focus and breathe. And gang, the headlines we read and are experiencing... Or because we live in a fallen, broken, imperfect world made that way by mankind's collective rebellion. And tragically, sometimes the innocent even get caught in the fallout. And the Bible tells us that all creation is groaning to be made right again. It says groaning like a woman going through labor pains. Jesus even told us himself, there will be tough times. There will be tragic times, economic downturns, tornadoes, tsunamis, hurricanes, terrorism, earthquakes, disease, war, even persecution. But don't panic. Keep your eyes on me. Just focus and breathe. Focus and breathe. We're just a few pushes away from delivery, the crowning of a new creation. A whole new world is on the way. And until that day, just keep your eyes on me and relax. Just focus and breathe. Focus and breathe. Gang, God has been so incredibly good to us, and trust is our gift back to him. More than anything else, our trust in him warms the heart of God and brings a smile to his face. Plus, it fills us with peace. So what do you say we just focus and breathe and unconditionally trust him and walk through the open door he has placed before us? Let's pray. Father, so, so grateful that you do hold the keys, that you are in control. And when this world feels like it's spiraling out of control, we can look to you and trust in you and know that you are rock solid, that you're immovable, that you love us with an unfailing love, that you proved it by going to a cross and you defeated death once and for all so we can live without fear, knowing that when we do die, whenever that day is, that we got an eternal city we're going to live in forever. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. I pray right now, God, you would calm the hearts and the fears of people all over the, the globe, that they would look to you, that they would focus on you and be able to breathe deeply and know that, that you got their life in, in your hand. God, I, I pray for everybody that's working so hard right now on, on the front lines, doing all the things that we talked about earlier and God, just give them rest and give them peace and courage and uh, God, give them protection. Uh, God, thank you for the way that we get to do this together um, through technology. Thanks for the people that figure out how to do it. We're grateful we get to still meet together and I pray all this in the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our Church Online Live Weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m and Sundays at 9:30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.